as you're a Bible student, you're thinking that if you're reading Revelation 6, and we're in the middle of Revelation, you know, we're chapter 12 and 13, from, from Revelation 6 to 19 is found in Matthew 24 and 25. They, Jesus covers just about the same thing as Revelation 6 through 19 covers. But I'm in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 24, and, one of the, and probably the most significant prophetic sign has happened, and it's it, it happened uh, over sixty years ago. So let me let me read it to you. And so, if you were to ask scholars and and read uh, theolo theologians, you know, I read several, getting ready. And what's the greatest sign? What's the most important prophetic sign? By the way, before I read that, isn't it interesting that Second uh, Thessalonians, First Second Thessalonians, full of prophecy. Early books, by the way, and those of us that are coming on Wednesday nights, we're going through the book of Acts, and we, you know, Paul went to Macedonia in like 50 A.D. and birthed the church there at Thessalonica, and he only stayed three weeks in Thessalonica, and then he ended up writing two letters back to, Thess to the Thessalonians. In every chapter of both books, he deals with prophecy, and he deals with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think the coming of Christ is important? And folks, he deals with both the rapture of the church and he deals with the second coming when Jesus comes back to rule and to reign. Do you believe Jesus is coming back to rule and to reign? Do you believe that? Do you know even the promise was made when the angel spoke to Mary to tell her she was going to be pregnant with the Christ child? She said, he, she, he said to her, he will rule on his father David's throne. Jesus, did Jesus rule on the throne of David when he was here? Did he the first time? No. So in order to fulfill that, Jesus has to come back and rule and reign. There's a whole bunch of people that are saved and are evangelicals that do not believe Jesus is going to rule and reign on this earth. But I believe he is. And I believe before he does that, there's going to be a rapture. I believe there's going to be seven years of tribulation. And then I believe the end of the tribulation, there's an event called the Battle of Armageddon, though it's not much of a battle because Jesus destroys everybody by speaking his word, and he comes and establishes a kingdom. And this is where the Bible says, and we, those of us that are saved, and we will reign with him for a thousand years. But folks, until we get there, the Bible says we're to occupy and do his business. And I want you to know that we're living in great days of deception, and slowly but surely, uh, the deceiver, Satan, Lucifer, is doing his work. He's duping this world for a vast, great deception. And I'll tell you what that is in just a second. The greatest prophetic sign, I think, is, and is spoken about in Matthew 24 um, is the beginning at verse 32. Matthew 24, verse 32 says, uh, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. Of course, the vineyards of Jesus, I mean, the Old Testament called Israel a vineyard, uh, one of their national emblems on the original wall of Jerusalem on the eastern gate was, uh, was a golden vine uh, in the wall. And so vines and vineyards, whether it be grapes or figs, was a big deal in the land of Israel. Still is to this day. You see them everywhere when you go there. 
and we will go again, I promise you. Uh, says, but but from the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. Now remember, Jesus has been teaching on prophetic signs the whole that's what they ask him about when is the sign of your coming you know when are you going to come back and so all of chapter 24 he's been answering that and here's one of the illustrations we learn this lesson as soon as it, the branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves you know that summer is near so also when you see all these things you know that he is near at the very gates Truly I say to you, this generation, boy, we're, we're going to look at some interesting dates today. Truly I say to you, this generation, what generation is he talking about? He's not talking about the people he's standing there with. He's talking about when this fig tree begins to put out its leaves again, right? You with me? Listen, when Jesus spoke this, Rome ruled the world right? They ruled Israel. Israel wasn't an independent state. So also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the gate. Truly I say to you, this generation, which I take to mean the generation that's alive to see the fig tree budding, will not pass away until all these things takes place. And then he makes this promise, heaven and earth will pass away but my word will not pass away. Just like Genesis 1, so it will be. He said, and it was so. Now let me tell you about this fig tree. Now this is what scholars believe, and I would, I would agree. You know, when G since for thousands of years Israel lost its identity, really it always goes back to the Babylonian captivity. And what Jesus was referring to here is, well, Isaiah says, can a nation be born in a day? But in So Israel had lost its identity for thousands of years, for over, uh, over 2,500 years. 2,500 years, they lost their identity. Then on March, on May the 14th of 1948, now think, now think with me, we're not going to talk all about history today, but just think the significance of this. So Jesus talked, and, and by the way, Matthew 24 is all about what's going to be happening in Israel. You, you can't interpret it as a work because it's all about what's going on in Israel, his people, all during the tribulation and what, what's going to happen, you know, run to the hills when the, when, the, when the abomination of desolation happens. All that's, he's talking to Israel. But he's still talking to Israel. So you see this fig tree budding. So this is what we believe, or I believe, and others believe this as well, that when Israel was born, Israel got its identity back as a nation, on May the 14th, 1948. So we see, so now, since May the 14th, 1948, the fig tree has been budding. And then Jesus says, and now, again, you're not setting dates, but this is kind of tells you how close we could be. He says, this generation will not pass away until all this is accomplished. So what Jesus is saying, at the end of days and the tribulation, all these events are going to happen during the generation of those that live from May the 14th, 1948, until he returns. Now, if you go to Psalms, you find that the psalmist defined 
Now, there's some places say 70. The psalmist defined a generation as 80 years. To make a long story short, 2029, so 2029 would be in the 80th year since Israel found its identity, since God gave them the nation back. And the fig tree was budding. And just to let you know, a fig tree, of course, it's not like I knew this. You have to read this. But fig trees were the last to bloom. They were really the last to produce fruit in the springtime. So that's why it says when you see a fig tree budding, you know it's summer. It's almost summertime. You know, it's like how do you know? You know, when you're in the when you're in the uh, department stores and there's Christmas trees up, you know it's almost Thanksgiving, right? So <laughs> it's true. So it's kind of like that now. You know that, but but so so the budding of this fig tree, and then he says to these disciples that the generation that's alive is not going to pass away until all this, all these prophetic events. So if, if we interpret that correctly, and I'm not setting a date, but if you go from the date and say 80 years, sometime in 2029, and, and I'm just feeding you a little bit of information. I'm not saying I believe this. But NASA came out about several months ago that they had... They've changed it, by the way, what it's going to do. But they detected this uh, asteroid. By the way, that's in the Greek New Testament, the word star is often aster, which is the short word for asteroid. But they detected an asteroid that they anticipated was going to hit Earth. I don't know if you read about this. This was about nine months ago. And they called this asteroid Wormwood, of all things, which is right here in Revelation chapter 8. Because, because they anticipated, there's a whole, you can read about this, you can go to NASA and read it. Now they've changed their projections, but guess when they projected that it was going to, and it's still going to pass by in the 80th year, it is going to pass by, it'll be the closest asteroid ever to Earth's uh, atmosphere ever, and uh, it's going to pass by April the 13th of 2029, which by the way is a Jewish holiday, holy day, isn't it interesting? Now, what does all that mean? Well, it probably doesn't mean anything except that. You ready? We are living in the last days. That, that's what that means. And folks, though I have sat in pulpits my whole life, 60 years old, preached for years, I believe this from the very moment that I first heard prophecy when I was 16, just gotten saved. I believe Jesus will come in my lifetime. I still believe Jesus will come in my lifetime. But I am more convinced that we are living in the last days and the last days are full of deception. Now, I'm, Diane's here. Diane came to worship because she's usually in the nursery. And so she had to, she had to be in here because she wanted to make sure I didn't say things I shouldn't say. So I'm not going to talk about Skinwalker Ranch, but I do want to talk to you about some other signs of, some other signs of the times. So I, I can give all this to you in print later on. I don't, I don't have it this morning. But just listen to some of these signs of the end of the age. And let me ask you, what do you think the great deception is? In 2 Thessalonians 2, it's called the great deception. That's going to be the ultimate thing that dupes the world, that the Antichrist uses to dupe the world. What, what is that going to be? Well, let's, let's think about that and I'll, I'll give you some answers in just a second. But let's talk about some other signs of the end of the age. What are some I wrote down on this piece of paper? Signs that accompany the fig tree budding. 
In 2016, a general by the name of Mark Milley was speaking to the graduates of the 100th graduating class, 100th anniversary year of the graduating class of the ROTC. And this is a quote from what he tells these graduates of the ROTC program. You will be dealing with terrorists. You will be dealing with hybrid armies, with little green men. You will be dealing with numerous tribes. You will be dealing with it all. I find that I think about the time that we're living in right now with the events of the the China virus, and that's what it is, the China virus. I call it a pandemic, right? But one thing we know for sure, and, and we know, you and I both know it had to come out of a lab, but, but whatever, wherever it came from, we know that China lied. We, could, we ought to be able to say that, but we can't. Our, our politicians are afraid to say stuff like that. But one thing we do know, based on the Bible, that was a worldwide pestilence, Right? Now, if you go to Matthew, what Jesus says in Matthew 24, when he says that they're birth pains. Now, birth pains are before the... It's not the tribulation. They're birth pains leading up to the tribulation. He says that pestilences would be part of that. And so just as in the world, in our world that we live in, never in my life, 60, and most of you would say the same thing, I've never experienced... In most Americans, unless you're, you know, like in your 80s or 90s, maybe there's things that have, I've never experienced anything like what happened because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it was a pestilence, the, the biblical application of a pestilence, and it was worldwide. It affected almost everybody all over the world. To me, that's a birth pain of the end of the days. I think about the vaccination now, I'm not going to get into to whether take it or not take it. You do that on your own. But they're making the vaccination the mark of cooperative citizenship. It's like they're, they're, they're tooling it in a way that if you don't take it and you can take it, you're not a good citizen. Now, there's going to be another, uh, there's going to be a mark that the Antichrist is going to want people to take, and it's going to be offered in some of the same manner. That to take that mark is to pledge allegiance to the leader of the world. It's about cooperative citizenship. And so I find that, that this promotion of the mark, not the mark of the, I'm sorry, of the, vac, the mark of the vaccination. By the way, some of you had the vaccination, and it ended up being uh, more than one of you, I won't call you by name, but it had a, uh, it was, what was it, baby? After they had the shot, the place where the shot was, it was magnetic. Isn't it odd? Man, that's weird, isn't it? You know, I, and, I, and there's all kind of anomalies related, and I'm going to get into all that. I am grateful for a group called America's Frontline Doctors. I read a lot of their material. But the vaccination and how people promote that just kind of makes me think about the pressure. That, that's just a vaccination, you know, that may help you. What a, but we're talking the mark of the, the and there's all kind of, and even people here in I'm just looking at me have called me and said they're pressuring me to take at my friends or my relatives or at work they want me to take this this vaccination I'm not sure I want to, and but they're putting pressure on me. That's for a vaccination. Can you imagine what's going to happen with the mark of the beast? 
when Satan himself, who's infused the work of the Antichrist, and it's all based on whether you can buy, sell, and trade, and get around in the world, and travel, and get on plane. If you take that mark or don't, can you imagine? But we're seeing to me, it's kind of the forerunner of what's going to happen uh, when the mark of the beast comes. The other thing I think about is what I call the post-COVID New World Order. I don't care how we look at it. Our world is different. There's a New World Order in America post-COVID than pre-COVID. Good or bad, it's just different. And there have think we the world or our politicians and oligarchy, not a republic, some of the things that have happened, have forced our hands and we now do things or have accepted things that's changed the way we do life. It's a new world order. And, and they did it with political pressure. I don't know what just happened. Uh, are y'all going to shock me or something? Then the fourth thing I thought about was I mentioned a while ago we're an oligarchy and not a republic. Uh, what I mean by that is we're ruled by the few and the wealthy. Folks, again, I, I'm not into politics, but if, if, if a group of people, now I want you to think with me. They ask me, what are, I'm an independent, okay? But I vote, most of them end up voting Republican. It's okay. You can vote Democrat, whatever you want to do. But you have to admit if, if there's people in the United States that, that can silence the president of the United States by shutting down media access, folks, we're not talking about a thug, a rapist, a murderer. We're talking about the president of the United States. I don't care what your views are. They shut down the president of the United States from communicating with his country. That's an oligarchy. And these people aren't even politicians. They're just wealthy. That's not a republic. That's an oligarchy. But folks, listen to me. At the end of days, when the Antichrist claims to be the true God in the, what's called the abomination of desolation, that will be the very same thing. They will, it will be an oligarchy where a few people will dominate the world. We've seen two or three individuals dominate our country. They need Congress, and they're trying to figure out how they can stop this. Well, can you imagine the pressure when Christians are gone and there's no biblical, you know, other than the people preaching, you know, but, but when the church is gone, can you imagine the pressure and the power that's going to be given to the Antichrist? So all those are, are birth pains of where we are. The, the fig tree's been budding since May 14th, 1948. I love what Luke 21 says. It also says, when you see the fig tree and the trees around the fig tree budding, and we think about all the other stuff that's going on in the Middle East. Another thing that bothers me is, is what you're saying. Well, let me tell you why, why I want to talk about this now, where we're going to take a little different tour. And I am going to get back to the Scriptures. I promise you, I love the Scriptures, and I'm not here to talk about anything but the Scriptures. I don't have a clock up here, so I can go as long as I want. Um, At the end of this month, uh, at the end of this month, there is a, now it's supposed to happen on June the 25th, okay? You may not have heard this, but Congress has, matter of fact, this was in part of uh, Trump's 
last COVID stuff. This was underneath inside some of those documents. It calls for Congress to receive from the Department of Defense and all other intelligence agencies and military agencies there to provide Congress with unclassified reports of every UFO and alien encounter they've ever recorded is to be presented to Congress on June the 25th this year, the end of this month. You may not have heard that, but those that dabble in the UFO ET realm are saying that there is disclosure coming soon to our world. And what they mean by disclosure is somebody like Joe Biden, if he can wake up, is going to announce to Americans that they have been in, this is possible, they may say this, and I'm going to give you an answer to all this. It doesn't bother me. They can say whatever they want. They're not little green men from, from some galaxy 10 billion miles from here, are they? They are entities, but what are they? We're from the devil, right? They're demonic. That's all you got to know. Okay, We move on. But there's going to be, so everybody's talking about people that are in this world. And see, this is a big part of prophecy too. There's, there's whole ministries based on studying this part of the prophetic picture of, of ETs and, and anomalous. You know, and you've seen those pictures, those, those jets flying and they're following those tic-tac shaped, those, little, those objects that are, <clears throat> look like a tic-tac. <clears throat> and there's three or four of them right now that they've released, but there are thousands of those. There's thousands of these bits of information that have been collected by, by these agencies that, that, the, that, that has demanded that so, somehow they unclassify that and lay that before Congress. And then supposedly there's a fear that, that there's going to be some kind of disclosure. And then you know what they're saying? <clears throat> they say when there's a disclosure, it's going gonna, it's gonna to crush Christianity. Because they think that it mutes Christ coming into this world. This is because they're going to say, if this is their argument, if there's intelligent beings somewhere else, but salvation was Christ came here to provide salvation, what about these other entities and the places they live? Was there not a savior for them? So, so maybe Jesus is not exclusive in saving sinners. Maybe there's other saviors and other places, which is all a lie, because they're not intelligent beings from other planets. They're from the pit of hell. We know where they're from, right? So don't fear. Don't worry about that. One day, it may be 60 years from now this happens, but one day there's going to be disclosure, and they're going to claim that UFOs and ETs and all that, that there's some legitimacy to them, and there are, but they're not, they're not anything but demonic and fallen angels and things like that. So let me let's so you think that's crazy, and it is, but let me take you a little bit further. <clears throat> um, the, there's a group called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Big long name, you never heard of it. Let me say it again. This is a government agency, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Uh, Elizondo, Louis Elizondo, I, I've heard him speak, by the way, on a, on a video. He was the director from 2010 to 2017. This is one of our intelligence agencies that studies this stuff that I'm talking about. Here's his quote. 
one of thousands. You can, and I'll give you all this in print, names in print, spelt right, so you can look it up next time. Oh, how it is so real. By the way, this is seven years he did this, 2010, 2017. Oh, how, no, oh, wow, this is for real. It is now a matter of national security. Military, military entities are encountering objects almost daily. Located on a mountain in Arizona is a thing called the VAT. It's called the Vatican Advanced Technology Telescope. It's a place called Mount Graham, Arizona. And the Catholics have one of, well, it's not the strongest, but the second strongest telescope in the world located in Mount Graham, Arizona. And some of them are binocular telescopes, and one of them is an infrared telescope. And again, I'm not going to get into what they do. But an infrared sees things that the naked eye could not see, no matter what telescope you were using. But this infrared telescope, the Catholics have named an acrostic for this kind of infrared telescope, and it's called the Lucifer device. No kidding. You can look it up yourself. The Lucifer device. And, and the, the astronomers that work there call it the Lucifer. That's what they call it. It's called, and it's a big acrostic that it stands for, but I don't know why the Catholics did that, but they did it. But this infrared allows them to see further into space and see things in space that's never been seen before. And one of the quotes is, the regular appearance of UFOs that sometimes hinder us from what let from hindering us from seeing what we're really looking for. The regular appearance of UFOs that hinder us to, to, from seeing what we're really looking at. So you can do that. It's called the VAT, V-A-T-T, Mount Graham. You can look that up for yourself. It's pretty incredible. So why are the Catholics looking into space? And they've been doing this for like 20 years. Why are the Catholics looking into space? I'll answer that in just a second. A guy named Guy Cosmonago, I'll give you his name spelling later. Uh, he's a Catholic astronomer, theologian for the Catholics, graduate of MIT, works with NASA. Here's a quote. Life in the universe. Uh, our Catholic belief is, is that we are in search for ET intelligence. Any entity no matter how many tentacles it has, has a soul. That's a direct quote from this fruitcake, from this guy. We will one day look to the aliens to be the saviors of mankind. We will baptize aliens. Another father, Father uh, Jose Fumes, says, "How these are all Catholics, how can we rule out that that life may have developed elsewhere. Let me explain something real quick. I'm, I'm not going to come back to this for another sermon. So there's, a, there's a, a philosophy called panspermia. If you're a big buff in, in that kind of genre of, of movies, like Mission to Mars and all these things, panspermia is the belief, and there are a lot of people that believe this, that, that we're not special, that, that the earth is not special. This world, the world, God made the world. This world, Earth, is not special. That 
that we were seeded by aliens from another planet, panspermia. They came here and started life and then went back. It's called panspermia. Matter of fact, some of these Catholics believe Jesus was a panspermia seed. No kidding. And, and these people are, what I'm saying is the Catholics are looking for the ETs to show up. And they want the ETs to be their brothers. So my point is this. If they show up, let's say they show up, the raptures happen, they show up. The Catholics want to baptize them. The devil's going to use them to deceive the world. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the point. It says, uh, this is Father Jose Fumes. I'm sorry it's taking me so long. How can we rule out that life may have developed elsewhere? Why should we not? Why should we? Why should we not talk about extraterrestrials as a brother or sister? Um, Father Malachi Martin. Now he's passed, but this is one of the most significant statements I've read. Okay, um, he's deceased, and uh, he appeared on a radio talk show. Um, that kind of deals with these things, and they ask him. Here's the question. Um, why is the Vatican so invested in the observatory and examining deep space in Mount Graham in Arizona? So they ask, so why in the world does the Catholics, by the way, it's highly secure. You can't get there except by invitation. There's guards. It's up on a mountain. Nobody goes there except who's, who's allowed to go there. And this is what he answered to the question. He says, because... The leading Vatican administration knows what is going on in space. And they know what is approaching us is of greatest importance. So somehow, someway, they think E.T.'s coming. Isaiah 45, 18 says, Thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, I am God, who formed the earth and made it and established it. Father, it still doesn't matter what they say about all these entities. Jesus Christ, God the Father and God the Son, created it all. Romans 8 tells us that. He created all things. Genesis 1 through 3. He made all things. There's a group called, now this is back in America now, this, and this is 20 years ago, there's a group called the Collins Elite. I also debated whether it's a group called the Majestic Twelve. It doesn't matter. I'm just you read it for yourself. Collins Elite, Majestic Twelve. Let me tell you what they said. The UFO. By the way, UFOs are no longer what the government uses. The military uses unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAPs. So that's what the Navy says, the Air Force, Army, FBI, all the. <clears throat> By the way, I was at a conference when I did go to this conference where they talked about the Skinwalker Ranch. There was a, a Tennessee uh, politician's wife there, probably younger than me, obviously probably in her 50s. I'm talking professional, et cetera, et cetera. And she is a, a researcher for MUFON, <laughs> the mutual UFO something, whatever. She came to this conference. She's a believer, evangelical, Southern Baptist. And at this conference, she said she encountered a demonic entity that looked like E.T. Okay. 
But that's what they are. They look like they're villains, right? But if they look like, and so I, how do you tell this lady? I mean, I've never, I don't want to see one. I mean, I've seen some weird things, uh, but not that. Here's what the college elite says. The UFO, UAP are 100% real, but the origin is, this isn't a Christian group, but the origin is of Satan. Now, this isn't a theological group. These are scientists that came to this, okay? It is 100% is real, but it is of Satan. Any ET or alien visitation is a camouflage to further demonic deception under the authority of the prince of the power of the air, the one who is called the deceiver of the whole world. At least those guys knew enough about the Bible. They knew Revelation 12 and Ephesians 2. So they're saying, yes, it's 100% real. Things are happening. There are entities. There are objects. It is happening, been happening for a long time, but it has everything to do with Satan and, and deception. Another thing to think about is in the midst of all these ET appearances and UFOs, whatever it would be, is that you know because we have, we have mapped the genome. You didn't think I even knew what that means, did you? Map the genome, DNA. We've mapped the DNA strains that, in the helix. And so what that means is we, we know when they're observing these things, they know in, your, in the chromosomes, in, in, the, in the DNA breakdown, like where diseases might show up in the DNA strand. That's, they figured all this stuff out now. They, they've mapped the, 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 the genome of man. Very popular thing in the military. This has happened several times. I won't get into how I know. Where, where our military have confiscated certain archaeological finds in the Middle East, one of which was in 2003, which was Nimrod's grave. Supposedly they found Nimrod's grave. And, and our military went there and took it away, cardoned off and, and took care of it. The point would be, why, why does that matter? Because this is what's happening. You ever watch the movie Jurassic Park? It's not worth watching, but if you can see it, one thing you know for sure. It's about these dinosaurs, but how they get the dinosaurs, they make a new Jurassic Park, and how they do it is they do it with genetics. They take the genetic material from dinosaur artifacts and create new dinosaurs. Folks, they can do that now. That's not a dream. That's what DNA does. You, this is the stuff they're doing, and, and that's one reason why, if you read about this, why things like Nimrod's tomb would matter. Wonder if some of Nimrod's remains has, has active DNA in it. So this is stuff they're wondering if they can work with. I know that's bizarre, but it's something to think about. Um, any disclosure is no contradiction for biblical Christianity. For whether an entity or an object or a machine, it is the continued work. Now think about this. How is this true? How do I know how can I, as a preacher, mention ETs and UFOs and say that I'm not worried? It is a big deal, but I'm not worried. I'm not going to lose my faith. You don't lose your faith. It's not going to deceive me. I don't want it to deceive you. I don't want it to bother you. It may happen in our lifetime. They may come out with some huge disclosure and say, we've been in contact with ET, and they're smarter than us. Well, okay, demons are smarter than us. So any disclosure is no contradiction to biblical Christianity. Because, wh listen, where did all this start to begin with? 
See, this is why if you, old, you know your Old Testament, you know the first time all this stuff started happening, and it's when Genesis 6 says, when the sons of God, are you with me? When the son, This is biblical stuff. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men, did they make human beings when they did that? No. They made monsters, Nephilim. And then those Nephilim had offspring, and then those offspring had offspring, so fallen angels did that. And that's recorded in the book of Genesis. And the Jews dealt with it for about 1,200 years because there were giants in the land. Well, if that happened then, what can happen now? This, this is very possible. And I think when we're approaching the great deception, this is part of the great deception. General Douglas MacArthur, we've got to move on. Hey, take your Bibles and go to Daniel 11. Daniel chapter 11. General Douglas MacArthur, this is in 1955. <clears throat> He's, I forgot, I don't know what he was speaking at, some military event. Uh, we love Douglas, uh, General MacArthur. A lot of history, a lot of great, uh, great uh, uh, leader for our military. He, he says, uh, Daniel 11, and I know I'm running out of time, so, but you now face, this is, he is retired, you now face a new world, a world of change. This is in 1955, a world of change. By the way, what happened in 1947 that kind of set all this hot stuff? Right before Israel was, became a nation, the fig tree started budding. Right before that, something happened out, right outside of Las Vegas. We call it Area 51, right? Right? Uh, what's the name of that town? See, you, you keep up with me, you bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, Ros, Roswell. The, you, and folks, I don't know if any of that's, but it could be. Some of it could be because the, we're talking about a demonic world, a spiritual world, in a world that we can't see. But the point is sometimes that the envelope that separates that dimension and our dimension, they're coming in here. I was reading about one object that they were chasing that was traveling 43,000 miles an hour. And when it hit, it went, to, it went underwater. It went from space to water. Then it came out of the water. And based on their calculations, it never slowed down. And all this is on film. So we know something's happening, and, and so, but we know where it comes from. If even it's an object. They fool, they mess with human DNA and animal DNA uh, thousands of years ago. Have you, have you seen some of the monolith structures all over the world, some of these structures that you know a man? We couldn't build the pyramids today. What technology and what strength did that? Where did some of that come from? So that's stuff you have to think about. They've been building things or have built things in, in the past. Of course, a lot of it's gone because the flood eliminated a lot of those structures. But we move on. 1955, we now face a new world, a world, General MacArthur, a world of change. We speak in strange terms of, har of harnessing the cosmic energy of ultimate conflict between, uh, between a united human race and the sinister forces of some other planet, of some other planet or galaxy. The nations of the world have to unite for the next war 
will be an interplanetary war. That was in 1955. So even there, some of the information that General MacArthur was receiving was pretty, was pretty bizarre. In Daniel 11, I, I, this is very odd for me to say this. Somebody called the time out to me. Is it really, baby? I'm sorry. I'm glad I'm not working. Aren't you glad you're not working in ETC? Let me read this. We'll close. I'll produce a lot of this names and things so you can read, look it up yourself. I'm in, I'm in uh, Daniel 11, verse 36. This is where he's describing the Antichrist, okay? You know, Daniel got a lot of this information. Prophecy downloaded to him. An angel gives him this stuff. And, you know, this is following where the angel was held up by the prince of the Persia. So there was a spiritual entity that held up this angel. So there were spiritual battles going on, which are still happening. Uh, by the way, Michael is the warring angel for Israel. You can read that in, in chapter 12. Uh, and it says, chapter 12, verse 1, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. So Michael, the archangel, is the battling angel, the spiritual angel, battling evil entities in the spirit realm. He represents Israel. I like that. Verse 36 of chapter 11. And the king shall do as he wills. Now we're talking about the Antichrist. This is, he's describing the character of the Antichrist. And the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak astonishing things against the god of gods. So any kind of religion or faith that is earthbound there's nothing he's going to promote that is similar to anything that's any kind of worship that's been going on on earth. He shall speak astonishing things against the God of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished. For what is, for what is decreed shall be done. He's going to rule for seven years. But in the middle is the abomination desolation, and he is going to rule with a, a rod of iron the last three and a half years. And he's going to rule until Jesus shows up. Can you imagine the world, the mess the world's going to be in after seven years of deception and seven years of tribulation? He shall pay no attention to the gods of his fathers or to the one beloved by women. Some people believe that's saying that he's a man that doesn't like love women, that he's possibly a homosexual. He shall not pay attention to any other God, for he shall magnify himself above all. He shall honor the God of fortresses instead of these. A God whom his fathers did not know, he shall honor and with gold and silver and precious stones and costly gifts. He shall deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign god. You see what a lot of people believe about who's helping him? The power when he's doing all this, which we know it's going to happen, that some of the authority and power to accomplish things are because there's this foreign power that's not earthbound that's going to be supporting him. could possibly be. Those who acknowledge him, he shall load with honor. He shall make them rulers over many and shall divide the land for a price. So it's interesting to me, this is just a cross-reference of what 
what the, the Antichrist is going to be promoting, a God that nobody knows about. And this God that nobody knows about seems to be able to physically empower him to help him rule, rule the world. Jesus is coming, amen? amen. He promised, this is what he promised. Two promises, especially in Revelation. I'm coming soon. Six times. I'm coming soon. Second promise. I make all things new. He has to because he's got to fix all this. Amen? But you know he's already done this millions and millions of times. The same word, this is Revelation 21.5, I make all things new, is the same word to describe what happened to me and you when we got saved. He made me new. Did he make you new? If you know Christ, the Bible says, you've been made a new creation. Let's stand for prayer. Thank you. Father, we love you and thank you for your grace and mercy. And Father, a little odd for, for us this morning as we look at a lot of secular things going on around us, but it is our spiritual context. It is about a deception. And Father, whether there's some kind of realistic disclosure now or 20 years from now, Father, it's all about a spiritual warfare against truth, against lies, against the way, against darkness. But Father, we want to be prepared. We want to be able to say, I know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Father, thank you for the glorious work that we have as the church of the living God Bless us now as we go out into a lost world. In Jesus' name, amen.